We hope you enjoy this message and that it encourages and inspires you. For more information, head to lifepointwithane.org.au. Hey, it's good to share about the staff. We want, each week we're going to focus on one of our staff members because we realise for some of you, you don't know who the staff is are and you haven't met them because some of them you know, are working upstairs with our youth, some are out with the, the kids, um, staff are everywhere. So each week we're going to focus on one of our staff members just to introduce them a little bit more and give you an opportunity to get to know them. So that's going to be exciting. We have an amazing staff and they're passionate, absolutely passionate about what they're doing. Just, just a couple of things I'd like to share first of all. Sympathy, sympathy to Graham Foreman. His mum passed away unexpectedly last night from a fall. So, please to um, Graham and Tracy, to Dave and Justine and the boys, we give our absolute sympathy and are journeying with them at this time. Thank God for the hope that we have. Thank you, Jesus, for the absolute hope we have for eternity. So, we are thinking of you, we're praying for you at this um, sudden, difficult time. Also, last week we shared a, a number of things. We shared about um, the church, which um, we shared at the membership class, and I just shared some different words. Words create worlds, and the word, some of the words I shared about our church was innovative, that we are innovative, that we'll step out where, where other people won't go, that we are intergenerational, that we, we care for all the generations, that, that we're willing to um, yeah, be generous and step up to the fore. And I just want to say, as we've um, shared our, our needs financially at the moment, thank you for those people who have been generous through the week. We, we thank you for those who have given. We really appreciate that. So thank you. We're, we're living up to who we are, a generous church and a church that absolutely cares for one another. So let's keep moving. Let's keep caring for one another. At this time too, to be praying, it's always difficult when governments change and our world is in such a mess as well. So I really believe it's the time for our church and churches across our nation to step up to, to really pray. We need to be praying that God will really make a difference, that those who are in authority above us will be God-fearing people that really honour God and, and understand that um, God has his plans and his purposes and as we trust him, it makes an incredible difference. So Neil, thank you so much for praying for us earlier about that. This morning I want to share from a parable, and very interesting parable. I think it's a, a great time to be sharing from this parable because it's just tucked away in Matthew 25. And Matthew 25, um, and where this parable is tucked in, is really interesting because it's tucked in at the end times, just around the second coming of Jesus that this has ended up in Scripture. Just before we get to this parable of the talents where you read about the, the ten virgins, where ten were, there were ten virgins, five were ready, five weren't. Before that, there's absolute signs we read about the second coming of Christ, that there's going to be wars and rumours of wars, there's going to be nations rising up against nations, there's famines and earthquakes happening everywhere, there's false prophets and um, people will, people's love for one another will be grow, grow cold and be lovers of self. And then they tuck in this parable that I'm going to share from today. 
And he talks about not being lovers of ourselves, but trusting God in the midst of the circumstances. And I believe that's a word for us for today, to be trusting God when the way looks clouded, when, when the world looks a mess, God is still there and God is able to do anything as we trust Him. And then after the parable, it goes on to talk about the judgment seat of Christ. Those who know Him and are with Him will live with Him forever and ever. For those who don't know Him and aren't His will be departed from His presence. He says, all nations will gather before Him and He will separate the sheep from the goats. You can't be any more black and white than that. And Scripture is very black and white in some areas. So I'm excited about unfolding this parable. As you see just where it's tucked, I believe it's a word for us for such a time as this. Let me pray. Lord, I pray this morning, would you meet with us? God, as we just come to you, I'm asking, Lord, that there be a sense of your Holy Spirit's presence. Lord, Speak your word into our hearts and our lives that we will receive from you. It's very black and white, very down the line. And I pray, Lord, that you would just revive our hearts this morning with love for you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let me read this parable. I've read it probably hundreds of times, but there's so much more in here that you can miss in just one reading, but let me read it from, for you from Matthew 25, 14 to 30. It says, For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one according to their abilities. Then he went away. Now let me just clarify what a talent is. One talent is 20 years wages. So to one guy, 20 years wages, to another 40 years wages, and to another 100 years wages. Even in our language, that's a lot of money. 100 years of your wage given to you to see what you can do with. That is amazing, absolutely amazing. He who received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five more talents. So also he who had two talents made two talents more. But he who had received one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here I have five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also who had two talents came forward, saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I have made two talents more. And his master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of the master. He also, who had received the one talent, came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here... You have, it's yours. But his master answered him and said, 
you wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers and on my return, I could have received my own money with interest. So, take, so he took the talent from him and gave it to the one who had 10 talents. For everyone who has will more be given and he who has an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away and cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness in the place where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now there's some little words tucked in here that's so easy to miss and I wanna unfold them as we have a look at this this morning. But I wanna suggest this comes across with a real urgency. In this season, there is a real urgency. And I really believe today, there is a real urgency. This is a tough season. Let's, let's acknowledge it. This is a tough season in our journey. And it's in those tough seasons where we have a real urgency from God to say, keep going. He wants us to keep the main thing, the main thing. He wants us to hone down and focus on what he has for us. So as the going gets tough, we aren't carrying a lot of baggage and stuff like that. He expects us to use what he's given us. Even though it's a tough time, he's not saying, hey, just give up. But he wants us to push forward and push through stuff in an incredible way. To sum it up, I could use four little phrases. The first one is simply, less is more. Sometimes declutter, less is more. We can clutter our lives with a lot of stuff. Less is more so we can move ahead. Stress is bad. We know that. And if we have a lot of stuff and a lot of plates spinning in the air, stress can be bad and detract from what God has for us. Giving is good. It's good to bless others. It's good to give others something and they are absolutely blessed. And the big thing is tomorrow matters. I want to say to you today, tomorrow matters. What you invest in tomorrow really matters. So as we look at this, God has loaned his property to these guys. And that's the same as us. God has loaned us what we have just for a time. If you don't believe it, let's look at what Scripture's saying. God owns everything. Let's look closely. Exodus 19.5. All the earth is mine. Did anybody else say that? God said that. Deuteronomy 10.14. Behold, to the Lord your God belongs heaven and the highest heavens and the earth and everything in it. It's his, Job 14, 11. Whatever is under the whole of heaven is mine, says the Lord. Psalm 24, 1. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. 1 Corinthians six nineteen. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that it is not your own? Do you know... 100% of people die. And our body goes back to the ground and our spirit, if we are God's, goes on to God. There's no messing around with this. God here is saying, this is the ultimate. 1 Timothy 6, 7. We have been bought, we have bought nothing into this world so that we can take nothing out of it. 
You've never seen a, a hearse with a trailer, have you? But God, God wants us to manage what he's given us. It's about stewardship. Can I ask someone to check the air conditioners? Because I'm about to roast up here, so could someone check that they're on, please? So when we look at the big picture with God, God wants us to manage the stuff that is His. So the world is His and everything that He has is His. He wants us to manage that. And so in managing that, we please Him. We live our lives with open hands. We accept what He entrusts to us as stewards, not owners. We dare not think of gripping things that he entrusts to us and say, it's mine. We hold everything lightly and we simply maintain the treasures that he entrusts to us, investing them wisely, using them for his glory and not forgetting that he is sovereign and an account will be made for what he gives to us. God knows you and gives you over charge over what you can handle. So God understands you. He knows you. He gave different talents to different people in this story. To one person, he gave one talent because that's what he wanted that guy to work with. To another one, he gave two talents because he knew that person could work with two talents. Another person, the third person, he gave five talents because he said, you're a five-talent person. He didn't give five to the one and one to the five. He knows your personality. He knows who you are and he gives them according to your gifts and abilities. So today, God knows you. God knows exactly who you are. God knows your makeup and the gifts and abilities he gives you are for you. What he's put in your world, in your life, is for you to use as a steward for him. That's what he expects. If he owns everything and he's given you some things, that is just so important. Have you ever stopped to thank God for where you live? You know, I visited our, our Compassion Kids a number of years ago and to, to see the poverty and to see that they, they've got nothing but with the small stuff that God has given them as you walk into their one bedroom, that's their house. The house would be probably two metres um, square, just a bit bigger than the drum cage for some people. And that's, that's where they live. That's their, their place. And yet they're so thankful. God has given them that and they're using that to glorify God. And yet God has given us so much, it was God's choice that we would end up where we ended up. And we've got to trust Him. This morning, as I said, grace, what, do I, what was I having for breakfast? One cup of coffee, peanut paste, crunchy peanut paste, and a piece of grain bread. And I stopped for a moment, I thought, I wonder what my compassion child is having this morning. And rather than just say grace, to say, yeah, thanks God, and scoff it down, God, I've got crunchy peanut paste. God, I've got grain bread. Really, thanks. Really, thanks, God, because I live in Australia where I can get that. And sometimes we forget that in the bigger picture, that God has put you where you are. And there's an absolute expectation for us to use that. And it's not the portion that matters. If you don't have much money, God doesn't want you to invest a million dollars or if you don't have many talents, God doesn't want you to be in every ministry in the church. It's by proportion. Whatever God has given you, he wants you to use 
the proportion to make a difference. And that proportion absolutely makes a difference. We've been assigned our ministries according to our abilities and gifts God has given us. It's a privilege to serve him and to multiply our gifts and abilities. And the big things throughout this scripture, God honours faith. When these guys stepped out in faith, a guy had a hundred years wages. And what did it say? With that hundred years wages, he started to invest it. He had to work out what to do with it to multiply it, but he started to step and work out how to invest a hundred years wages. How nervous that guy could have been because he could have lost it all, but he took a step of faith and invested it for the king. And when we take a step of faith and start to use what God has given us, it makes an incredible difference. And it all, it all depends on what is your worldview. If your worldview is a non-Christian worldview, it simply says, I'm on this planet, I've been put here, I've got a right, I'm gonna make as much as I can, I'm going to get as high up in my job as I can, I'm gonna build the biggest barns and the biggest houses, and it's all for me so people can see how well I've done. And then as 100% of people will die, I just leave it all. And then the family starts to squander because the person isn't really well liked because they haven't been generous in their life. Or we can have a Christian worldview and simply say, God owns it all. God owns it all. And I have this absolute privilege, whether it's my gifts or my talents or my finances or what I have, I have got the absolute privilege to share it with other people and to bless other people in a mighty way. You see, less is more when we focus what God has given us and we start to be generous. It's built simply on the premise that God knows you and he wants you to step out in faith and as you invest by faith, God makes a difference. As you share what you have, God makes a difference. God wants you to be a risk taker, to, to risk things, to, to step out and trust him. All your life is a stewardship before God. Your unique personality, your gifts, your job, your friends, your family, your social networks, your finances are all to make an impact for God. But remember, I don't own this. I am just a steward. A steward simply says, God, I'll use what I have to make an impact and make a difference. It's yours. When our kids were younger, they were always asking for something. I remember one time they wanted a, a PlayStation for the, for the TV. So we went down and we bought them a PlayStation. Now, whose money did I use to buy the PlayStation? Mine. And after we bought that PlayStation with my money, we got in the car that I had bought and I'd paid for with my money, driving with the petrol that was bought and with my money, got to the house which was bought with my money, plugged it into the TV which was bought by my money, or my, Meryl's money, I could have missed lunch. <laughs> and then played in front of the TV, and that was lovely. 
Then it come time to turn it off and put it away. And the response said, but it's mine. I don't want to put it away. It's mine. I want to play with my toy. Don't we do that to God? God gives us all this stuff and we say, God, but I don't want to do that. It's mine. I don't want to come early and serve on the, the greeters team because I like my sleep. I want, don't want to come early and spend an hour practicing worship songs so a congregation can worship because I just like to sleep in Sundays, my day. It's mine, God. And see what we do to God? The same thing as our children can do to us. The stuff that is really his, we take it and say, God, this gift you gave me, yep, thanks for the gift, but I'm never going to get up and use it and sing because it's just, I just don't like doing it. Or you might have a gift to encourage someone. I'm just not going to encourage people because I don't feel like it. God has given us gifts and abilities and in a time like this, he's calling those gifts and abilities in us and he's calling us to step up to use our gifts and abilities to make an impact, to make a difference because he needs the church to shine. Now is the time the church has got to be seen. And the way the church is seen is through you and me using our gifts, our abilities, our talents, our time, our money to glorify God, to honour God. And I believe it's the time that He's calling us to step up and use these gifts and abilities so people can see the church making a difference. These three servants, their faithfulness gave them capacity for greater service and greater responsibility. As they stepped up, God gave them more. As they showed their faithfulness, God gave them more. And for some people, God has given you more because you've been faithful. And I want to say, well done, good and faithful servant. That's what it says here. For those that God is blessing, he's blessing you because you've been faithful. Keep being faithful, but keep serving him with your faithfulness. That's the blessing of God. Where did he give that one talent to at the end? He gave it to the guy who had 10. So now he had 11 talents of money, which was a massive thing. Some people say, well, if I had more money, well, I would then be able to give. It's not about the amount you give, it's about your heart and the proportion that you give. It's in proportion. When there's needs, we need to give those needs. It's about the heart, the heart to give. And God challenges our heart. I know that this week, God has challenged Meryl and I, like the churches, we need some more finances for our budget and stuff like that. You know, we've been tithing. We've been tithing for so many years and seen God's blessings through that. But this week, well, the challenge will, how about you? Why don't you extend your tithe? And I realized, I looked on it, and it's been three years since I've extended, and we decided, yes, God, now's the time. Is more coming in? No. Opportunity to bless the church and bless other people? It is. So God, we want to do this. And that's what it's about. And these servants, when they served, when they stepped up, they were promoted to rulers. God gave them authority, not just the servants, but it says in there, God gave them authority over many things. And as we trust God and we're faithful in God's kingdom, he gives us more and more responsibility, incredible responsibility. And I want to give some people some responsibility this morning.
I went out and bought these chocolates. They're mine. Who paid for them? I did. <laughs> oh, Marilyn, I did. <laughs> Who owns them? I do. They're mine. I'm going to keep those. No one can have those. Because I need them for the night service. Um, <laughs> this one. I, I want to be a good steward of these. And I want to share these with some people. I'd like to share these after the service with anyone who is 65 plus. Now, my illustration has been absolutely ruined this morning. Pastor Lloyd was going to be here, but he's quite sick, so he couldn't be here. And I was going to make him the steward of these chocolates because I know I can trust Pastor Lloyd with chocolates because you should walk into his room if anyone's giving him chocolates. They stay there for about 12 months at least before I eat them. And I was going to get him to be the steward of these chocolates, one, because I know he'd be a good steward, two, because I know that it wouldn't be a um, yeah, challenge for him to start eating them or keeping them for himself. But I can't do that. So I've got to find another candidate who I'm going to trust to be a good steward of these chocolates after the service in the foyer and anyone 65 plus can have them. So Marion, you're the steward of my chocolates this morning. God asks us to be stewards. There's something else I need to ask someone to be a steward of this morning. The super dupers. After the service, the super dupers. I'm going to actually give the kitchen key to somebody who's going to have the honour to go into the kitchen, to be there and have a thousand kids come in and share these super dupers with our younger generation. I was wondering who I could do this for. Who would do this well? And I thought, John Hill, you would be the ideal person <laughs> as your son last week asked me for super tupers. So here you go. You're in charge. You are a steward of the super tupers after the service. So kids, make sure you get the word out there. He's going to do it. And these guys would do it well. That's what God does to us. He wants us to be stewards of his stuff. He knows us through and through. He's not asking us to go and do stuff that, that's not in our bag. But he knows the number of talents we can have. He knows who we are. And he wants us to be good stewards. And the big thing about this story as you read into it, placed where it's placed is... It's how you finish the race that matters. It's so easy if you're single and you've just got a, a bit of money and you, you want to be a good steward, but it gets complex. Maybe as you get older and you've got family and you've got houses and you've got mortgages and all that stuff, it becomes more complex. But it's how they finish that matters. And I want to say today, it's how we finish the race that matters, that our heart's still open, our heart's still soft, to be the stewards that God wants us to be. 
that we don't get hard when we manage to get an easier life or we get more secure or we don't have the, the challenge or the stresses that we used to have with finances or that's easy now to say, no, I don't want to be part of using my gift and ability for the kingdom. I've said no for so long. Well, it's easy. I just don't do it or I'm too young or I'm too old or I sleep in or I'm not good enough. All those things, there are excuses, but God is challenging us. The end is coming. And in the end, that we really need to finish well, as two of these three finished well. And as God talked to the one that had two talents and the one that had five talents, he treated them identically. He didn't say, oh, you've got two, good on you. To both of them, the words were exactly the same. He said, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the master. He said, well done. So he's not judging you whether you've got one talent or two talents. He's not judging you whether you've got lots of money or haven't got much money. He's not judging you whether you've got a lot of property or not. He's just looking at your heart. He knows what you've got. And as you are faithful to him and what you have, God is saying, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter in to the joy of the master. Now to finish... There's just one thing I want to say. Throughout this part of Scripture, there's just two categories. There's nothing more. There's just two categories of people. And Scripture says it really clearly. There's the ones that were faithful and the ones that were unfaithful. And it just makes it really clear. The faithful were the ones that had a soft heart towards God and realized the honor of what God has entrusted to them. And they had ears open and heart open to him. And they used what they had as God led them to build the kingdom. And he saw them as faithful. The person that was unfaithful was the person that did nothing with what they had. Absolutely nothing. One talent, that's all they had to work with. And they did nothing. They just buried it and walked away. And he said, that's unfaithfulness. And sometimes in life, we've got reasons to say, God, I just don't want to do nothing. And he puts a tag over our heads and he says, unfaithful. Unfaithful. But for those... For those who take what they've been given, no matter how little it is or how big it is, it doesn't matter. But we say, God, this is a gift from you. You have given this to me. I know it belongs to you, but I have the honour, the absolute honour of sharing the chocolates, of handing out the super dupers. Do you know why? because people are gonna be blessed through your stewardship. It's the blessing of others that he's talking about when we read scripture. It's about the honour to bless the brothers and sisters. It's the honour to bless the kingdom that makes a difference. It's the honour to step up and say, God, it's not much. It never say it's not much. If you've given with your heart and it's what you need to give, you have blessed the master of all masters. 
So today, faithful or unfaithful? It's all about our heart. It's all about what we've been given. It's about what we do with it. Can we stand? Lord, just where we are at the moment, if you walked amongst us, would the word be faithful or would the word be unfaithful? As a church, Lord, would it be faithful? Would it be unfaithful? And our heart, Lord, is to be faithful, absolute faithful to the one who has given us everything. So God, if we've been through a season where we'd have to say, yep, unfaithful to what God is saying. Lord, we wanna say we're sorry. And we wanna step into a season where it's gonna be faithful. Faithful to the one who gave it all. And Lord, this morning, how can we go past remembering you're teaching us this, but God, you gave us everything when Jesus, you came and you died on the cross so that even our sins could be forgiven, that you'd give us hope for eternity, that you'd transform our lives from hell to heaven and that we can trust you and know you're with us always. So God, this morning, I pray, as we have communion together, as we take this cup and we take this bread, as we eat, as we drink, we want to say thank you, God, that you're faithful. Thank you for your faithfulness. And we want to say back to you, Lord God, in our hearts, I pray, find us faithful. In Jesus' name.